Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Court Case Podcast. With the host, James Court. And the co-host, Sweet Tea. It is the weekend after Barbenheimer, the huge cultural event, and myself and Sweet Tea managed to catch both films and we're going to be talking about them in depth as well as the other films that are coming out this year and ranking them you're going to want to hear that according with james all of it right after this Just you complaining about everything today, but don't let Chewy up on hey, the baby. sofa. Okay, no, no don't let him. Up he's on up on the sofa, hello, baby. He's just gonna get angry. At you, oh, Chewy, we're try. recording a podcast right now. <laughs> get down. Oh my god, he's literally walking. He's gonna get me. all tangled in the wires. No, look, he's just sat there. He's fine. Okay, well, don't. Um, I'm just, not gonna touch it. Yeah, just leave him alone while we do this alone. pressing business. Yeah, about pop culture <laughs> yeah, but it is pop culture i what don't get why you've got a problem phrase. with it right welcome to the show everybody okay we've got a big one today we're going to be talking about barbenheimer i wanted to get an episode about it out the weekend after we did it i want our verdict on both films and also we've been to the because cinema because you guys are all dying to know our fucking hey verdicts on two films that have come out in pop culture yes but also We've been to the cinema quite a lot recently and there's some other films and also I'm on Letterboxd, which is a very popular movie viewing app, and I've given my ranked list of all of the of all the films that we've seen in twenty twenty three so far. So we're gonna go through that as well. Bet you um, guys wanna know, don't you? We're gonna see if you guys I agree. I bet they fast forward already to the bit where we talk about the movies because they're so fucking eager to know. Why are you being so sarcastic <laughs> about our own show? You're making <laughs> You're being so detrimental <laughs> to our own podcast. Did I wake up on the wrong side of the bed, didn't I? You did. Yeah, you really did. Okay, so which film, if we're going to dive into it, which From film would you like culture. to... Oh, for God's sake. What do you want to talk about first? Barbie or Oppenheimer? Sure. No, I'm asking <laughs> you which one do you want to speak okay, about first? we'll talk about Oppenheimer because everyone's probably going to assume that I would have picked Barbie. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah they I would have assumed would have that. Done. I know yeah. that you at home listening would have assumed that. Mm, I think Assume so. makes an ass out of you and me. <laughs> it does, yeah. Mm. Okay, so we're going to discuss Oppenheimer. Yep. So that was the one that we saw. We Fantastic. T, for <laughs> God's sake, put your serious brain on. Okay, we saw Oppenheimer um, 
last. Uh, we saw Barbie first, and so immediately, what are your immediate thoughts on Oppenheimer after you saw it? I thought it was bloody brilliant. Actually. Yeah, you thought it was really good. Really good. So there's some characters in that that will definitely, and I will be surprised if they didn't, win an Oscar. Yeah, there's definitely going to be at least nominations for Robert Downey Jr. for Emily one. Emily Blunt, for and, sure. And Emily Blunt. She was yeah, amazing. I think she was so good in I that I mean, film. oh, and obviously Gillian Murphy was... Gillian Murphy. You, Killian? you get that name wrong every time. Sorry, it's a very unusual name. I know, I think it's like Irish, I think okay. maybe. Killian Murphy was very good as well. Yes, he Obviously. was, he was wicked. His facial impressions and everything was just brilliant. So we are going to go into spoilers because I want to talk about the film in depth, but for anyone that's not seen the film, I guess turn off now, but the plot of the movie is basically it is about the life of J. Robert Oppenheimer, who is the guy that invented the atomic bomb, which was used at the end of World War Two uh, twice. It was dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki in Japan. Yeah. How much did you know about Oppenheimer or the atomic bombs before you went into the film? Not really a great deal. No. Did you know that we used them in World War Two? Uh, Nukes. I, well, I knew that I knew about that the oh my god, can I speak? I knew that the atomic bombs were dropped in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, that was it. That's basically the gist of all I knew. Yeah, it's the only time in history that we have used atomic bombs in war. Um, I think I've got the so the bombings together killed between one hundred twenty nine thousand and two hundred and twenty six thousand people, most of whom were civilians. Mm-hmm. So that's a pretty massive um, death toll. And what I found when I came out of that film, well, actually while watching the film, it made me feel like so sick with humanity and just the decisions that we can make. Do you get what I mean? Well, yeah, because the decision on where they were going to bomb was purely based off where this guy has gone on holiday. Already. Oh my God, that f- that scene made me feel disgusted. There was one scene where there was a group of obviously the powers that be in America and they had Oppenheimer in a meeting with them as well as Matt Damon's character, the general soldier guy. And um, the bomb was near completion and they were deciding when they were going to use the bomb, how they were going to use it. And the general were like, we'll use it twice We'll use it, one, to send a message that we have this sort of power, and we'll use it again to make them think that we can just keep doing it, which I think is, you know, I can understand the logic behind that. Yeah. But um, when the guy, the main the main man, was given his list, and he was like, we'll cross Kyoto off the list, I think it was, because me and my wife like to honeymoon there. Like, that's disgusting. Yeah logic and behavior it's, it's quite rare for when i'm watching when i'm watching a movie with james at home like he'll like make comments and whatever but when we're in the cinema he's normally dead silent and like glued to the tv that was the first time i've heard him like make some like mutter under his breath he was actually like what the fuck? i know it just it shook me to my core and there was another there was another scene similar to that when um the test of the atomic bomb on the site had been done and then that was another thing. There was a really good discussion about... And Oppenheimer said it multiple times throughout the film, and I don't agree with him. He said he was saying to other scientists, he was like, just because we made it doesn't mean that we have any say on how it's used. Yeah. And he said that multiple times, and I, I disagree. 
Um, I think that they're the ones that made it. I think they should be able to have an opinion on when it's used. Yeah. And um, the general guy uh, was basically said to him is like, um, he was like, we're going to Washington or whatever to decide like when it's used. And I, he was like, will you tell me if it's used? And he's basically like, we don't really need to. Yeah. And um, then he finds You're out. In the news. <laughs> yeah, he finds out over the radio that they dropped the bomb on, on Hiroshima. And they do this wonderfully edited scene where Oppenheimer's having this sort of existential crisis because he knows what the bomb does and like what the effect it would have had on the Japanese people. And it's his head and how he's feeling amongst all of these people cheering and clapping because the war's over. And there's that one scene where he gave that speech in front of all those people cheering and clapping, and it all sort of goes silent, and he sees the people in the crowd, like, melting and burning the effects of the bomb. And, oh, my God, it was so well done. Mm. And it just... It just flabbergasted me. Also, the bit that amazed you was when they did the atomic bomb test and when the bomb went off and it was all just oh God, dead silence. Because I was so worried it was going to be really, 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 really loud. Because mm. obviously it would be. Um, but instead of... They did the complete opposite and it was just pure silence. Yeah. And instead you just heard like the breathing, the panicking, like yeah. the reactions. And I thought that was so cool. Yeah. And, uh, th- and the way they use sound in this film was just insane. Oh, it's brilliant. It's I've like, not ever seen anything like that. Going back to that one scene I was talking about where he was in the crowd of people applauding him and then it all went silent. And then at the odd times, you would hear random, like, horrific screams. Yeah. Did you remember that? Yeah. Like, that just made me feel like, oh, my God. But, um, yeah, this film made me feel some, some kind of way. Some kind of way. Some kind of way, like, the world is controlled by a push of a button kind yeah. of way. Yeah. Scary. Just, and the lengths people go to for for war and stuff and also robert downey jr's character was fantastic and the way they pulled the rug from under us towards the end because we thought that he was someone that was you know in hoppenheimer's corner for yeah. the first sort of half of the movie and then you find out open because uh, towards the end of the movie well throughout the movie oppenheimer is being investigated by the government because they think that he's a communist spy yeah and you find out towards the end that robert downey jr's character instigated the whole investigation yep. into him because oppenheimer embarrassed him once and he thinks that he made einstein dislike him yeah but from one conversation and he fight towards the end of the um film that that conversation never even happened yeah which was um amazing so this whole vendetta against oppenheimer was from a conversation that didn't even even happen oh fantastic such fantastic and he gives that one shouty speech where he swears towards the end oh my god such good acting acting. and then his assistant as well was wicked because his assistant was like you know proper bum sucky the whole way um, and then all of a sudden you just saw his face change and you just knew that he didn't like him anymore what was really good about the assistant he's an actor called Alden Ehrenreich he was in Cocaine Bear I don't know if you remember and he's also he was the young Han Solo which you haven't seen but um, I think he's a really good actor and he's not used enough and um, throughout the film like he doesn't have any like lines that are too like interesting or anything like that he plays just Robert Downey Jr.'s assistant, but halfway through the film, just through his facial expressions, you can see it clock that he's steadily losing respect yeah. for Robert Downey Jr. Brilliant. as the film goes on. And I just think it was really well played. And then at the end, he gives that badass line where 
Robert Downey Jr. is talking about Oppenheim and Einstein having this conversation, and he's just like, maybe they weren't talking about you. Maybe they were talking about someone more important. Yeah. And I was just like, wicked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Such that a good line. Schooled him. Such. And then, yeah. and then Robert Downey Jr. has to smile at him because of the paparazzi pictures, yeah. and it was just like, oh, such a hateful moment. Yeah. But it was just so good. Because also the smile Robert Downey Jr. gives as oh, well. It's, like, it's a real like, I fucking hate you. Yeah, yeah. Smile it was as a well. perfect smile. So good. Oh. But um. The thing that also amazes me about the way you you were before we pressed record, you were taking the piss out of me because I said in the intro that Barbenheimer is a pop culture I event. I just don't get that reference. Right, pop pop culture is music. No, no, that's pop music. Pop culture means a popular event in culture, and basically, Barbenheimer is a thing that has been generated by social media and TikTok and everything. Oh, so to be pop's this big short event. for popular. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't put that together. <laughs> pop is obviously popular, yeah. Even if... And then pop music is popular music. Yeah, pop Fuck music basically means me. popular music, yeah. I didn't know <laughs> I thought it was just like a dumb <laughs> phrase for like some funky, no, funky stuff. No, no, no. Like, oh, pop, a pop and rock, pop and dop. No, 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 no. Yeah. So basically, Fuck. what's really great about these two films, Barbie and Oppenheimer, is a lot of the marketing, the marketing department did not need to do anything because the memes and TikTok and everything has done a lot of the marketing for themselves. And one thing that I find amazing is that Oppenheimer, an original film that's three hours long and oh, the majority of the scenes... Didn't you feel it? No. <laughs> I thought the f- time went by really quick. I only felt it because I was so hot in oh, the theatre. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. But what I was saying was um, a movie like Oppenheimer, an original film, the majority of the scenes are people talking to each other and it's like one of the most popular films out in the cinema at the moment yeah like it's full packed screens i want to know which one did better oh like, barbie's doing better is it? at the moment oh, yeah okay. which i think i get why i get why i think it's got more mass appeal than oppenheimer yeah but i think oppenheimer's the better film but the thing is when it comes to kids and stuff kids are going to be more likely to watch barbie than oppenheimer so yes although i do want to get into that later because i think that they've marketed Ma- barbie yeah. to be a kid's wrong. yeah i agree um but we'll get into that when we discuss mm-hmm. barbie but um, I think all in all, Oppenheimer as a movie. Also, th- another thing, there were famous actors in this that were essentially extras with yeah, like one so line. Cool. Because people were so desperate to be in a Christopher Nolan movie yeah. that they're just like, I'll just take anything. I'll take anything, it's yeah. Like, um, do it, jo- I'll do it for free. <laughs> Josh Peck had like two lines. Josh Peck! Sorry! What was that about? How cu- how did they get Josh Peck to be the guy that pressed the button on the atomic test? I have no That's idea. That's mad it was Josh Peck. That and also so weird. Also, like, Jack Quaid from The Boys, love him. He had one scene, a couple lines where they recruited him. And then for the rest of the film, he's, he's one just, of the scientists on the team. You just never, he never He spoke. never says anything else, but yeah. you have that little close-up close of his faces. And then yeah. that's the faces of his face. And then mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah. Yeah. He... Like, he doesn't say any lines, but when they all find out on the compound that the bomb went off in Japan, his character in particular, he looked well distraught about it. Oh my God, it. yeah. He looked really choked up. Yeah. But um, that's another thing that amazed me was that they built this whole town out of, uh, you know, just out of nothing to house the scientists and their families. Mm. That was really cool. I need to find out. And if you that's... said that they actually did the bomb. Oh, yeah. They didn't obviously do 
blow up an atomic bomb, but they did actual explosives and yeah. stuff. It wasn't CGI. The That's bomb very, test, very cool. Which is wicked. Um, I want to see, is Los Alamos still a town? Um, or is it just a historic place? Um, Los Alamos is a, that is recognised by the development and creation places of the atomic bomb. Is it still there now? I don't know. But that's still quite interesting that they just made a town out of nowhere to do all these all these all these things. There was good um I don't know if you noticed there was really good foreshadowing in the film as well. At the start of the movie, the very first shot, Oppenheimer's looking at a puddle mm. and it's got little raindrops of water. Mm. And then later on in the film, they show a map and they're discussing the possible places to bomb. And um, when they're talking about the places, um, they overlap it with little raindrops. Oh my god, of that water, looks so cool! Yeah, I agree. Um, which it's it's supposed to symbolise like the chain reaction. Yeah, of, like the yeah, that stuff, was really which I thought clever. was really clever. And also, I liked it at the start of the movie where Oppenheimer was like, "If I can combine physics with New Mexico, then I'm living the dream." And he literally does, obviously, do that later. He builds a town in New Mexico to you know do all this research. Yeah. It really, it's just what's, that, really what's that called when they say something that's going to happen? What's that phrase? Foreshadowing. That's it. Foresh- they foreshadowed that. Yeah, really good. Um, just, I think, uh, yeah, I, I love this movie. I think it's my in my top two. Wow. But, I mean, we'll go into that later. Um, and of this year anyway. And I just think the message is so profound. It gives such a good idea of like how bad humans can be. And I loved oh it. Oh my God, especially when... Um uh Oppenheimer met with the president and they were literally just kind of like laughing in his face because he didn't want to like be a part yeah. of it. that was insane yeah. also th- that's the thing it made me really fucking hate the government because he's built Oppenheimer's built this atomic bomb and then he suddenly said that like he thinks that we should share the knowledge with you know things like Russia and stuff and so because the government are so controlling they're like yeah we'll just We'll just discredit him. We'll just say that he's a communist because he wants to share these ideas and then we'll just completely ruin his reputation. Mad. And it's like they don't have room for any other ideas. And oh they? my God, Emily Blunt, when she was in the off... That oh, was my. Yeah. That was actually my favourite scene she's... because... Let me finish. Sorry, honey, sorry. I'm passionate about this scene. You've been Good. passionate about the rest, right? <laughs> sorry, sorry, this sorry. This scene was my favourite because she's, you know, having a go at Oppenheimer like, why didn't you ever just stick up for yourself? Mm. She's in there and she's not saying anything really. Like, they're accusing her. They're talking about Oppenheimer and she's just kind of sitting there and taking it and then out of nowhere, she just fucking schools him yeah. and she, the evil in her eye the, oh my god she just looks so angry and then at the end as well when his Oppenheimer's friend shook Oppenheimer's hand when he won that award and he went to she shoot um, to shake Emily's hand and she was just look, the look like she was just like fuck off she did a much better job at sticking up for Oppenheimer than, than Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer did himself <laughs> yeah it was yeah. brilliant really good incredible acting well so we loved that film so we've got to move on to the second one Barbie the one that I think more people have seen, or the more people have seen. And also, it's much bigger on TikTok. Everyone's dressing in fucking pink, going out to the cinema. Yeah. It's all the girlies are out, you know. Um, I've It's been a while since there's a film that, like, just girls are just obsessing over. And mm-hmm. that's Barbie. So, I've got more notes on Barbie than I do on Oppenheimer. Okay. Immediately, what are your thoughts first? As a woman, the only woman out of the two of us, 
Um, what were your thoughts on Barbie? Yeah, I liked Barbie. Yeah. I think casting was really, really good as well. Like both movies yeah. had like loads of people, like famous people in it, which was really cool. I haven't mm. watched a movie like that in a while. Um, obviously, I'm obsessed with Ryan Gosling, so I was going to go was anyway. Incredible, yeah. He was, he was so good. Best part of the film. Yeah, he was so good. The fact that he was singing in it, dancing in it, acting in it, like oh, it's like La La Land all over yeah. again for me. Yeah. Um, but no, I thought it was it was I thought it was very very good. Yeah. Um, my main consensus, my main positive view of the film is that it's a really funny film. It is funny. It yeah. is really funny. Um, there were multiple uh big hearty chuckles. Um, Ken uh, Ryan Gosling is so funny and so good in that film. Yeah, he's got like a bit of an attitude going, yeah. isn't he? I must say though, it's not what I expected at all. Yes, I've got also not more. Well, yeah, some of it's negative um things about the film that I don't think were done well. I think they were good ideas, but I don't think they were done well. Um and. Uh, which I want to talk about and I also think the film was marketed wrong I know why it was marketed that way I know why it was marketed that way because the director Greta Gerwig who was a woman wanted to do this sort of feminist message but she wanted to hide it so that she got butts in seats and then they all heard the message I understand that but the thing is it was marketed as very much a family friendly sort of kids movie yeah um which you know looks like you know a buddy comedy ken and barbie going on a road trip to the real world shenanigans ensue and that's what i was expecting and we took my sister my younger sister she's 13 and Mm. she didn't really understand what was going on at points there was other kids in there that got bored and started running around the theater at the end and they because they just couldn't engage they didn't really know what was going on yeah um which ruined it for us as well and we got free tickets out of it but yeah, yeah I an, know that that's good, another story yeah so I've got here on my notes talk about the feminism stuff um, so there's a lot of there, there's one thing that I've seen that I just want to say is that um, one thing that the Barbie film did well is that there are multiple b- women Barbies in the film of different races and different sizes there's like fat Barbies, there's skinny Barbies, there's black Barbies, there's white Barbies, there's Asian Barbies. There's all apparently there's even a trans Barbie. I didn't notice, but apparently there is. Oh right. Which is all really good. Um every male Ken is skinny and fit. There's no fat Ken. That's true. Um, I didn't think about it. That. So what we're talking about feminism and stuff like that, what does that say? Like, all the women Barbies can be all different shapes and sizes. The Kens are all fit and, he- and you That's know, true. attractive. Yeah. You know, what are we saying there? Um, <laughs> not, to be fair, they might not be saying anything. Yeah. Like. So the point of the film, basically, is that the Barbie world is the opposite of the real world in the fact that the real world is a patriarchy where men are in charge and the Barbie world is a matriarchy where women are in charge and the Kens are just basically second-class citizens. Like at the start of the film, um, they don't really, they don't talk to, the, they acknowledge the Kens, they say hi to the Kens, they help them out every now and then, but they don't really care for them. They have girl parties on their own, they have girl sleepovers. She doesn't really care for Ken that much, but obviously Ken really wants Barbie's attention, right? So that's the thing. And mm. then later on in the film, basically... Barbie and Ken go to the real world. Ken 
discovers the patriarchy and then goes back to Barbie world and like gets all the other Kens to revolt. They turn Barbie land into a patriarchy and then Barbie has to come back. She comes back with a woman from the real world and then they have to take over again and they have to put the Kens back in their place and, you know, turn Barbie land back to what it once was. And that's basically what happens in the film. And but the thing is, the whole message, I think they don't do the message really well. I think it should either be super, super surface level so that even little kids and everyone can get it or really, really deep and nuanced, which I think they try to do a little bit, but they don't well enough. There's a few things that I noticed in the film. One was I found the overwhelming sexism that Barbie experienced as soon as she went to the real world was real. I, I mean, I know that I understand that I'm a man saying this, but I thought that that was unrealistic. Now, do you remember as soon as she gets to the real world, she gets like a slap on the ass? Yeah, but guy. like I can see that bit happening because I think all the people that were just walking around were just in mm. like normal day to day clothes. She's skating around with her hair looking nice, full face of makeup on. She's picture perfect Barbie. Yes. She's got bright coloured clothes on her leotard and her ass sticking out. Like, and I get the cat calls. I could 100% see that happening. I just don't... In, in 2023... Some men are pigs and they probably oh, would. Yeah, no, I yeah, no, I know they are. But I just... Five minutes after she got there, I just don't... Also... I don't I, think the time scale is what we're worrying about here. I right. think she could have been there for five hours and it could have happened. I don't really okay. think it matters. They don't know how long she's been there for, the guy. That's a good point. Okay, fair enough. You swelled me on that Thank one. You. The one that I didn't get, though, was how the police were even treating her really sexist and stuff. What happened? Remind me. Um, she was doing getting her fingerprints done and stuff, and they were like making oh, comments yeah. on oh, her yeah. body and things like that. Yeah. And I was like, I, d- I understand there's a whole problem with race and the police in the US, but I do not believe for a second really? that a victim... Uh, or no, there was a perpetrator. They they arrested her for whatever she did. She punched a guy. I something. think they would. I I I do not think that police. Maybe not in the UK or I maybe don't know. not in front of the person, but they definitely probably would be saying shit like that behind their back. Oh yeah, behind exactly. their back, a hundred percent. But these were policemen that were next to Barbie while she was getting her fingerprints. But done. I think that's the whole point in the body. movie. Everything's a bit exaggerated. Yeah, the, the, well, yeah. This is what I want to say. The Barbie land is super exaggerated, but then I think that in the film, the real world is super exaggerated But I think, as well. yeah, I think that's the whole point. It's like another point that I've got here. So, you know, Will Ferrell is on the Mattel board of directors yeah. and he's got all the directors with him. Yeah. So in the film, the board at Mattel was all men. Yep. In the actual real world, the board of Mattel is six men and five women. That's strange, yeah. So, I mean... Again... I feel like obviously Greta's just ran with this exaggeration yeah. theme. I th- that's what I she's done. I think so, yeah. But I think like this is where it could have been more nuanced because I think that what I felt was that when Barbie went to the real world, because it was so exaggerated, it feels like she went, even though it was modern, it feels like she went to the real world in like the 80s. Right, okay. Like, which is much more sexist than it was now and i know that it's been exaggerated for a reason but like that's what it felt like to me when she was watching it also they're but then even if even if that was even if it, she was going back to um the real world in the 80s that doesn't make it unrealistic that still happened so it's still factual yeah but i i just think she have because 
what I've written here, which I mean, you can disagree with me, but then again, you, you, I know. But anyway, I said, I, th- I think the film wants women to have it worse off than they do so that the film's message seems more serious. Um, you Wait, so you think that women are trying to victimise themselves to feel like they're having a worse life so this movie can be relatable? I feel like... Women definitely receive sexism in days n- nowadays. Like I remember when I was at uni, and w- I would walk with girls, and they would get horns honked at them. They would get comments made. I've been with you in Bogner, and they you've had catcalls yep. and comments made at you. Um, I have met girls that have had. When I went to Worthing the other day with my friend, yeah, and we were waiting in the traffic lights. These. Three vans came by in a row and they slowed down, even though the traffic lights were green. Mm. Slowed down, looked at us, went, all right, girls, jump in. Fucking That's the first hell. time that's happened to me in probably at least a couple of years. See, I, f- I thought it like kind of was dead and gone, but yeah, obviously see, fucking not. I fuck- well, this is what I mean. Like, it still happens, but it doesn't happen as at the Often, rate that yeah. it used to. And um, what I'm saying is, I think the film tries to make it seem like it's worse than it is to make its message seem more serious it definitely still happens oh, okay I see but i don't mean. think yeah. it ha- i think there has been progress and i don't think it's yeah it, so I, but I think that's fine that they did it like that right i think that's fine because they're obviously just trying to bring awareness to it and i mean if they did it if they did the movie on what real life is like now then it, yeah, it wouldn't have been as effective. That, that, so she yeah. needs to exaggerate it a little bit, obviously, I know. to make it effective. So yeah. So what I'm saying is, should they have bought this movie out five or ten years ago? I mean, possibly, but there's nothing wrong with it being out now because no. it's still raising awareness. But, but the thing is, what's annoying as well is if they're going to like sort of ex- slightly exaggerate what it's like for women now, they should do the same for the men, which they don't. Yeah, but it wouldn't have been the same if they brought this movie out 10 years ago because it wouldn't have been received as well because no. now people will have a little bit more you know of an understanding what's right and wrong whereas yeah. back then they would have been like oh this movie's no one's gonna go watch this because it's fucking shitting on men yeah do you know what i mean yeah which i know uh, what's annoying is there is people that have watched the film that have been like this film seems very anti-man and I think it is to some extent. I don't think it's as bad as some people make it out because at the end of the film, things do sort of seem a little better. But I, do, I think people saying like, oh, it's not anti-man. You've just watched the movie wrong, or, which is a stupid fucking phrase. I hate when people say that. Or you've watched the wrong movie You've misinterpreted or the movie. Yeah. It, right. Can I it's just say It's up for interpretation and she said that as well. Every, yeah, she did. Also, that's another thing that's confusing Rhea Perlman, Danny DeVito's wife, fun fact, at the end of the film says the patriarchy is made up. Yeah. So, like, the film, it's the whole film itself tells you that the patriarchy is made up. And then it, it does. So it, see, that's where I think it gets a little bit confusing. But anyway, back to the man bit. Everyone watches films differently. Film is subjective. There could have been a boy that was raised in an all-woman household, for argument's sake, and was treated less than his sisters or whatever, and him going to watch the Barbie movie is going to have a vastly different experience than you who yeah. grew up with three sisters yeah. and only one man in the household That's is going to have. And I think it's, r- it's wrong for people to be like, oh, you've watched the movie wrong. No, no. Everyone watches a film differently. And... Um, I do think the film was anti-man because the film did try to address 
men's issues slightly what with the fragile masculinity mm. and and stuff but it it it's like when they went to the real world it didn't address any of the men's I issues think the at main all. confusing part with the anti-man thing like it wasn't that deep but towards the end when they were like asking to be in the um government Mm. And they were just like, we want to give men a role in government because it was all women's government. Yeah. And then she was like, oh, we can't give you that high class job, but we can yeah. give you a lower class job. And it's just yeah. like, you've just contradicted yourself. Yeah, because it was supposed to be sort of equality. And yeah. another thing that I noticed some women on TikTok saying that um, when Ken goes back to the real world, he takes over um, the Barbie house and makes it into the Ken Majakasa Dojo house, yeah. which was funny. That was and funny. everyone was like, Ken could have just gone off and built his own house. No, no, he couldn't. The universe sets it up that the Kens can't do anything. And to an extent, the Barbies can't do anything. They have all these roles, but when she's eating breakfast in the morning, she's, she's not, not eating. actually eating anything. Yeah, nothing, when she's having a real. shower, yeah. no water's coming out. So, like, he can't actually go and get some tools Sub and supplies. find some wood and build a house. What, what is weird is that, like, we do see that the Barbies have a house, but we mm. don't know anything about where the Kens live. And also, the Barbies don't care to think about when the Kens live. Not until they were asked. Well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it's yeah, like, that it's was like, strange. I really liked the scene oh, when... Shit when Ken w had taken over and, and, and obviously at the start when Barbie's like every night's girls nights you can't stay over and Ken's like every night's boys night now and it's just like because that's the thing I don't think a lot of the women that watch the film that are really positive for Barbie about the Barbies don't understand how poorly the Barbies were treating the Kens at the start of the film like mm. they're not crystal clear good people no i, I didn't think that they were because obviously ken was literally throwing himself at barbie yeah and she was just like mm, yeah no. yeah but and that's fine if she didn't like him but i just feel like you could have let him down a little bit fact, like one of the barbies is president you're not going to think about where half of your population is living like they don't even think to care where kens live yeah like in any ways our verdict yeah. is... Oh, no, wait. Oh. The one point that we Gosh. laughed about, what? the fact that she went to the... Bar this is the one thing that confused me as well. Barbie went to the real world and it was super sexist and she hated it. So at the end of the film, her idea <laughs> of salvation was, I'll go and live in the real world. Yeah, That'll make me true. feel better. I, I must say the fucking ending was brilliant when she was like going to see a gynecologist oh yeah that was so <laughs> funny and that so was, good that was because really it was ending, like yeah. i don't know about anyone else but it was framed like she was going for a job interview yeah yeah and then um she said that and i just thought it was brilliant that was really funny it was really yeah. funny yeah but no all in all our verdict is barbie was very funny it was a very funny film i'm gonna give it like a five out of ten whoa um i think it was i think it was a really funny film i'm just ken anywhere else i'd be eaten. yeah <laughs> very good song um yeah i give it a five out of ten i think it was really funny every joke that they wrote landed really well i just think that the sort of message was a bit ham-fisted it could have been done better personally what rating would I you knew give you were it gonna ask me i don't know i'm not very good with rating movies this is okay, why i'm not enough. on your your app thing but did you enjoy barbenheimer like as a whole experience? yeah i enjoyed it i to be fair like it's been a while since i went to the cinema and enjoyed a movie because we went to go and watch um asteroid city which i'm sure we'll get onto in a minute yeah. but i fell asleep mm. so um it's been a while since i've enjoyed a movie that i've not wanted to like leave or go to sleep yeah. <laughs> so yeah i did enjoy both of them thoroughly so i've got my 
Jammy's 2023 films ranked here. Am I included in watching these as well? Um, the majority uh, majority of them you've watched, I think. I already know what your number one is. Two of them, which you haven't watched my number one. Yeah, I know what your number one is. Mm, well, we, we don't say it yet. Okay. We'll go from the bottom. Okay. Two of them you haven't watched. All of the rest you have watched. Oh, wow. So, me. So at the moment, there's t- I've seen 10 new films this year. Whoa. Right. And it's July. Uh, yeah, we're going to see if you agree with these. So at the bottom, number 10, I've got the Netflix original movie, Murder Mystery 2. I fucking loved it. That sucked ass. <laughs> Holy ass. That's that kind sucked. of my... my- my shit like i wa- like watching crap movies like that yeah. don't know why i just i just um, i can engage in them more. that's fair enough well i gave it no um, it's fair enough it, obviously it's not a good movie one star it's not a good movie but it's an easy watch i suppose it's an easy watch yeah it's nice to just chuck it on when you don't really want to get yeah. watch something like oppenheimer you know I, i'm not going to watch it again though obviously not. at number nine I've got Wes Anderson's Asteroid City. Yeah, I can agree. Now, I, I was really disappointed. Mm, I think a lot of people are going to disagree with me on this one, but we really liked Grand Budapest Hotel. Loved it. That was a really good film, but I feel like this film to me felt like Wes Anderson doing a pa- doing a impression of Wes Anderson, like it just went too far. I don't really know what I I can't tell you one thing that happened in that movie. Yeah, I fell asleep, but mm. also I don't really I don't know I don't know what happened. I don't know what the movie's about. It was a basically a it was a play. They were putting on a play about this asteroid city and i think that's where it just got too confusing just have the, the yeah. film be asteroid city yeah don't have the film be a, a someone putting yeah. on a play about asteroid city yeah that yeah. really threw me off yeah so sorry guys and sorry film buffs who are gonna absolutely bloody love asteroid city but it's number nine on our list <laughs> on my list number eight i've got the super mario brothers movie i did really enjoy it but with this is the thing all of the films past here, like, I really enjoyed. So The thing is about the Super Mario movie, this is probably going to piss off some people. Absolutely pointless. There was no point in it. I mean, uh, yeah, I went to see it, but, like... Technically, I'd every movie is pointless. Well, yeah, technically it is. Well, I wouldn't say Oppenheimer was. It was educational. Good point. But yeah. Super Mario Bros. is a movie. I mean, I was excited for it, yes. Mm. And obviously, it's marketed to children. But I I don't know. Easy, I, easy watch, but also just... I thought Jack Black... I didn't gain anything from it. I thought Jack Black and Charlie Day were really good in it, though. Yeah, it was they all right. Um, number seven is Barbie for me whoa i gave it three stars whoa um, we've got so. a barbie hater over here well no i said i gave it about five out of ten i've given it three out of five stars yeah so. and it's number seven on your list yeah that's not okay i really liked all the ones after this so oh, that makes up for it then yeah chewy number six cocaine bear now we w- i watched this twice this year i watched it with my mum and her partner and i watched it with you and your family I think it's so funny. It's so well done. I didn't expect the bear to have that big a kill count. It's inspired by true events. I just thought it was a wicked, unique, interesting movie. I really liked Cocaine Bear. And we mm. waited ages to watch it. Because you did. obviously you watched it already. And then yeah. I was waiting ages to finally watch it again. But no, I really, really enjoyed it. I just... Um, yeah, I, it was it was a bit unexpected. I yeah. didn't realise that it was... I it's knew it was funny. a true story, but I didn't realise... Yeah 
that you could make a gruesome story <laughs> about a bear having cocaine. <laughs> Fucking hilarious. I know, it's like, so Like, it was funny. so unexpected. Now, we're into the top five now. Okay. Number five is one that you haven't seen. Okay. I gave it four stars. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Couldn't have been less bothered to watch uh, a movie. It was a really good film. <laughs> I thought it was... Um, the critics don't like it, but audiences are loving it. I think it was absolutely wicked. Um, number four for me, Mission Impossible, the new one we went and saw recently. Wicked film. Did I watch that? Yeah, you, you oh, did come and yeah. see it. The one with all the real stunts. Oh yeah, no, that was the... actually that was actually really good. I actually did so enjoy good. that. So good, and it, it's and just... I've not watched any of the other ones. It's one of those films that you just have to see in the cinema. Yeah, I loved the tense scene at the airport with Simon Pegg. Yeah, no, actually, bomb. genuinely, actually, I forgot I watched that because mm. I wasn't going to watch it, and then last minute I was like, oh fuck it, I'll come, and I actually really enjoyed it. I hadn't watched mm. any of the other ones, and yeah. um, yeah, that was good. It was a gripping watch. Like there was so, so many. Good scenes that yeah. you're just like <gasps> holding like the edge of your yeah. seat like what's going to happen I can't so wait for good. part two yeah I, yeah, I want to watch part two Um, into the top three now number three Guardians of the Galaxy volume three. Oh my god I forgot that was this year yeah that, w- that was a, such a good ending you love Guardians of the Galaxy I do out of all of the Marvel films and characters they're my favourite yeah it was so it was good. nice it's just wholesome isn't it yeah and it's like I love films about like found family yeah it was, just, it was really sweet such a nice sweet. little found family and also the story with Rocket and his backstory oh was so yeah. sad. It's such a good film. Uh, number two. So um, I gave all of these the past four or five stars. Okay. So Guardians 5, Mission Impossible 5. Uh, number two, Oppenheimer, five uh-huh. stars. Okay. Um, Ricked. And the top two, the, more, the reason I put them in the top two is more for like cultural significance. I think Oppenheimer is really significant because like you said, it's educational. Yeah. It's opening people's eyes to things that they're not thought to watch, especially because of this whole Barbenheimer thing. A lot of people that wouldn't normally go see it are going yeah, to see it. Definitely. And they're being educated that way. Yeah, and I think I it's agree. just one, a good film and two, really important. And a number one, which you've not seen is spider-man across the yeah, spider-verse the animated spider-man one. you film. were raving about it for it is weeks. the first one is amazing and i would love to watch it with you and um this new one it's so good and what it's doing for animation the medium of anim- animation is incredible because you know like you love pixar films uh-huh. the way pixar do animation is basically every film they're trying to make it look more and more amazing and realistic and cool yeah which is great yeah and it's like luca and soul the animation just looked incredible on those mm-hmm. but what the spider-man movies are doing is they're just using animation to just make things look unique and weird and different as possible right. and the way the film works is it, it's a bit like the spider-man no way home that we saw mm-hmm. where there's like spider-man from different universes but the way they do it is like each different universe is a different animation style it really looks so unique and different and as well as just that one the story is just fantastic as well it's an incredible story it's really emotional so you generally think that's better than Oppenheimer yeah and also I think I saw someone else say that as well on TikTok they were like movie of the year yeah and I think I think for the industry as well it's um it's it does a lot more than Oppenheimer. It's going to get all. It needs all the. It's Bloody like um, it's like the Puss and Boots movie that we saw last year. That was definitely influenced by the first Spider Verse animated film Interesting. because that has did loads of unique stuff with animation. I Fair do enough. think you should give it a, a watch. It's wicked. Maybe I will. Um, yeah. So that is my ranking of the film so far. I don't know. I don't 
honestly remember know what films are coming out for the rest of the year i really want to go and watch elemental because i love disney pixar you do yeah i don't yeah. know why they've got a little i bef- much prefer them to disney like original disney movies right, yeah i don't know why i just think but i think they're because they're more emotional they have more of a um a meaning mm. that's clearer and yeah i just think they're more clever um like i loved soul loved soul so made me cry. I loved Inside so, Out. So I thought Inside Out was very clever. Wicked. Yeah. So that is our movie chat. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed. I would love to know what you guys think. So please contact us on social media. Tell us what you think about any of the films you've seen this year. Uh, we are, Yes. Also in other news, we finished uh, Game of Thrones and we haven't really brought oh, that yes. up yet. Yeah. We did say a couple of episodes ago that we were watching it and then obviously now we've been MIA. We finished it. Yeah, and what did you think about the ending? Ending was absolutely shocking. Yeah, uh, very disappointed. I know everyone says that, but obviously mm. I've only just seen it. Um, What's annoying is the ride is so good. The ride is really fucking good, and I love what they've done with certain characters. Mm. Don't like who they chose to be the bloody ruler at the end. That was insane. That was just an insane decision. I don't get why if fucking um, Khaleesi's dead, why they wouldn't have just gone. Oh, by the way, John. I yeah. actually should have the throne anyway. Also, also the fact that because he killed Daenerys, the unsullied army were like, "You better exile John, or like we're going to start a war." And so the, Sansa's like, "Okay, we'll put John in the Night's Watch," and then the unsullied sail away. Yeah, th- if the yeah. unsullied are sailing away Keep and not there. coming back, just be like, "Quick, John." Yeah, I didn't like that <laughs> like, all of them split back up again. Mm. Um, really didn't like that. Yep. Um, and also yeah. the fact that, yeah, like you said, you didn't like who became king. Which didn't like who Bran. became king, yeah. The fact that at the start of the season, Bran was like, I've got no interest in the throne or yeah. anything like that. And I'm, then a few episodes I'm later, he's like, why do you think I came to King's Landing? Yeah. Shut up. Shut up, you little fuck? fucking nerd. I lit- Shut up. But the thing is, I never liked Bran. Yeah, I know. I never liked him. Sorry, Bran person who plays Bran mm. but every time he came on the screen I was like I'm gonna go to the toilet yeah, that like, one season where his storyline oh, wasn't in it and you were oh like, my this fu- season's so good <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it was but every time he just boiled my blood it's because oh, it's just boring it was so fucking painful his storyline is boring as shit yeah in that show. honestly pointless character pointless storyline I mean could have no- done without all of it no I don't think they we needed it I, I think the character isn't pointless because it is. he was needed to kill the Night King because he can, like, see things. No, but he didn't like, kill him. It still Aya doesn't stop him. his storyline. I killed him, and, I yeah. should, and I'm glad I killed him. I'm happy with that decision. I know some people aren't happy with it. Yeah, but I, don't I mind think that, that was wicked. Didn't mind that I one. Liked but they didn't need Bran for it. No. They really didn't. I don't think Bran even needed to be born into the family, realistically. <laughs> I think it was fine with just Sansa and Aya and... The other ones that you barely saw. I agree with you that I think it's cool that Arya killed the Night King. I think that they should have done John and Jamie killed him. Right, what people are saying. Oh, Jamie's a fucking idiot as well. Yeah, that's I was stupid. so happy that Jamie and um <laughs> Brienne had got together. I was yeah. like, Oh my god, this is like so fucking cute. And then he wakes up in the morning, he's like, nah, wasn't as good as Leia's my sister. Off I go. He's like a cocaine addict. Yeah, off I go to my sister because I love her so much, even though she's just sent someone to come and kill me. I know. What? I know. And that person was his friend. Yeah. Dumb show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is. Yeah. But after that rant, we are now out of time. 
So um, we hope that you enjoyed our movie and brief TV talk today. If you guys have experienced Barbenheimer, Spider-Man, Mission Impossible, any of the ridiculously good films that have come out this year, comment on our social media. Tell us what you thought of them. We'd love to know. And we hope you guys tune in next time for our next episode. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> See you guys soon. Bye. Over and out. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.